Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about whether leaders should be respected or liked. I want to talk about this because it's something that comes up in almost all of my conversations with some of my clients. Most of the time, you might guess that they want to be liked. And for so many leaders, myself included at one point, I thought being liked was more important than anything, especially once I was leading a team. I see so many leaders that I coach who struggle with what they know they need to do, but there is a risk for them. They don't want to rock the boat. They're afraid it will upset some people if they make a tough decision or choose a path that is difficult, even if it is the right thing to do for the company. They second guess themselves and even believe that the hard decision is the right thing to do, but they struggle because of the way it's going to impact the way people feel about them. They focus on external validation for everything instead of trusting themselves. All they can think about is, what if everyone is upset? What if I make a mistake with this decision? What if I fail? So I usually ask them the question at this point, is it more important to be liked or respected as a leader? They want to be both, right? They want to be liked. They want to be respected. But what I want them to understand is that being respected doesn't mean you won't be kind in how you say things and thoughtful in what you do. But making decisions from a place of pleasing others won't help you grow as a leader. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about the definition of each of those words to clarify what they mean. Liked. The definition for that is being agreeable, enjoyable, or satisfactory. For respected, the definition is someone or something that is admired deeply as a result of their abilities, qualities, or achievements. So how does this being liked start out for us? We are brought up to be liked, to get along, to be the team player. We see conflict as bad and something to avoid, and we are taught that harmony is what is needed. Now, for many of us, we grew up pleasing other people so that harmony was in place, and it was given to us as a reward, as a perfect daughter or son. Our parents were proud of us. They approved of us. 
we kept everyone else happy and that became the priority so we could be the perfect child. Then we wanted to keep our teachers happy and get good grades so then we were the perfect student and now we're trying to be the perfect leader in the workplace. Think about people pleasing as a coping mechanism that you might have used as a child and it has become a habit that you now carry into adulthood. It kept you safe at the time when you may have been trying to avoid criticism or to keep the peace and avoid confrontation. In episode eight of the podcast, I devoted the whole podcast episode to people-pleasing. In the book, I refer to it as someone who's an agreeable accommodator, and I'll include the link for that episode if you want to go listen to it in the show notes. Now, leaders often put on a persona with people that they have all the answers and know what to do, so they can justify that they have the right job, right? They're the right person for the job. They don't want to show any weaknesses, and they want to live up to the expectations of people who put them in this role. It can be exhausting, though. I definitely thought having all the answers and knowing everything was a requirement for me. I had the title, and that must mean that I know all the things. I know all the details. I was afraid to say I didn't know things or question my team and see what they thought instead of me coming up with the answers. The amount of pressure that I put on myself was huge. I was a new manager who had no idea how to be a manager. And that is exactly what Christopher R. Jones and I talked about in the episode that we did together, episode 85, where he was a guest on the show talking about the same exact thing. So I'll link that show in the notes for you as well. So if you're a newer manager or even someone who's been leading for a while but wants to stop feeling all the pressure, then I hope you'll listen all the way through this episode and learn some ideas of ways that you can help yourself. So an article that I read talked about a book by Susan Newman, who's a PhD, a social psychologist and author of the book called No, 250 Ways to Say It and Mean It and Stop People Pleasing Forever. (laughs) That's an amazing title. What she says is that people pleasers want everyone around them to be happy and they will do whatever is asked of them to keep it that way. Now those create impacts for you and your team when pleasing everyone is your priority. So let's talk about what some of those different impacts could be. As the leader, you put yourself last without even realizing it because others are more important. You find it difficult to make decisions because everyone has an opinion and you are trying to get consensus and retain your liked status. You struggle to hold team members on your team accountable for fear of being disliked. I was at a company a few years ago when I first left Kraft and I was doing some consulting for them. And one of the things that I noticed was that deadlines didn't mean anything. They had due dates for projects, but they could miss their dates without any consequences. They also had weak processes that were not being managed properly either. It created a lot of chaos for the team to deal with every single day. Now, this was an example of a leader that didn't hold people accountable. He had many other strengths, but this was not one of them. He He was more worried about people liking him, and it actually caused his team to lose respect and trust in him. And the last one is avoiding the hard things that need to be done. If you're afraid to make the hard decisions, challenge when necessary, and take a stand for your team and what they are responsible for delivering, it will actually lead to you being viewed as a weaker leader. For example, if you have to make the tough call for letting someone go or delivering hard feedback, it will cause you to put the difficult conversations off that could make a difference for the person to help them improve. What if you could give them coaching or guidance and they might actually make a shift? Your responsibility as a leader is to do those things and not run away from them because the person may not like you or it's a hard conversation for you to have. People pleasers want everyone to like them and they don't want to risk not being part of the group. They will withhold their voice and opinion if they feel that what they have to say isn't good enough compared to others. 
they're constantly seeking the approval of others and struggle to stand out. And this habit, as I mentioned earlier, starts in childhood, right? So it's so ingrained by the time they get into the workplace that they don't even realize that it's showing up in all parts of their lives and relationships. It can cause them to lose the trust and respect of others. So is there someone that you need to give feedback to or have a difficult conversation with in your life? Will you serve them or please them? I know that this can be challenging to do, but people will trust and respect you so much more if you tell them the truth. They can't grow and improve if you don't share the information with them. Stop seeking out the approval of others and second-guessing yourself. Be willing to stand up for what you think is important and actually say what you think. If you're holding something back, then ask yourself why you are doing it. Is it avoiding a conflict or preventing others from seeing you stand out on your own? Don't let others have the only voice and opinion. Yours matters too. What you don't realize, and I definitely didn't know, is that you are masking who you are with other people. You don't want to show any weaknesses, and I get that. But think about it for a minute. Why is that? You're a human being. You can't know everything about everything. Do you feel that your team or the people around you would think less of you? Corporate environments can bring out the need to be perfect. It is very competitive, and there is always a lot of comparison going on. But what if I told you, though, that everyone goes through these same moments of not knowing enough? No one is perfect. They're spending just as much energy as you are trying to be or show that they are perfect to others. So what if we change the approach? What if you took on this approach of being respected versus being liked instead? When you're a leader of a team and an organization, you have to do what is right for the business. We used to call it having managerial courage. Think about a leader in your organization that you respect. What do they do? Can you see them standing up for their team and making tough choices? Hard decisions need to be made and know that you may need to make them when no one else will. A part of being a good leader is not only finding ways to help your team shine, but it is also standing up for them to others. Your team needs a leader to be a visible champion for them and share the good things that they're doing, but leaders may also have to deal with conflict on behalf of their team members. Showing up this way creates immense respect for you from your team, and they want to follow you even more. I've definitely seen this in action when one of our directors stood up for us during a huge, huge program, and it shifted the way everyone looked at our team and what we were doing because we kept getting blamed for things that weren't really our fault. And uh, he did a great job of that, and it just shifted everything about that program we were working on, how we felt about each other, how we felt about the work that we were doing. So you may be that leader that has to do that for your team, but know that your team will love you for that and really be respectful of just your ability to do that for them. So if you have to have a direct conversation with a peer or with human resources on behalf of a team member, are you willing to do that? There are times when this becomes necessary. Maybe someone made a judgment without all the facts or purposely made a decision that could hurt your team member's career. The employee may not even know that these conversations are going on. And if the leader finds out about the situation, then we need to make sure that there's a direct conversation happening. These conversations are in the employee's best interest and in trying to help them understand the circumstances and if necessary, fight the battle with them or for them it becomes something that you just can't walk away from. You can't leave it and hope that it just goes away. So would you be willing to do this for someone on your team? Would you have the courage to stand up to your peers or senior management and have the tough conversations? Being a champion for your team and handling these political conversations is part of the job. 
Your team deserves someone who will represent them in a positive way without throwing them under the bus at the first opportunity. This is the kind of leader that people want to work for, and it builds tremendous respect from others that you're willing to demonstrate this courage for them every day. Hopefully, these situations are not happening for you often, but when they do, you need to be prepared to show up with courage and integrity for both your team and yourself. Now, you get a choice to be respected or not. You can decide if that's how you want to show up and how to show up differently. What could that look like for you? How could you start to change that today? You don't have to do anything dramatic, but what if you just started being curious and asking your team for some help? You could say something like, could I ask for your help on this issue? What ideas does the group have to solve this issue? It doesn't make you any less of a leader, and it actually builds more respect that you're willing to collaborate. Spend more time listening and asking questions, which helps you learn. This is the information that you need to be able to make the best decisions, and your team, the people who are actually doing the day-to-day work in the details, are the best people to provide that perspective for you. So let the expectation of yourself go that you have to have all the answers, that you can ask for help, and that you have to be perfect right now. People-pleasing and being perfect all started when you were young, and now as an adult, you get to choose a different path. Imagine what it would look like for you if you could show up as yourself and say, I don't know, I don't have the answers, when you really don't have them. Wouldn't it be a relief? The energy that you are expending trying to be someone else can be used to lead your team instead. You are not a weak leader because you collaborate with others and ask for help. You're actually demonstrating that you are a confident, secure leader who knows the power of a collective set of ideas is more powerful than any one person's ideas. Showing up this way is the kind of authentic leadership that will make a difference for you and your team. This is what leads to being respected on a bigger level. So the journey to become a respected leader can start as an internal shift of how you see yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, it can be a challenge to show that you're a leader that is deserving of respect. So leadership is a journey that requires a strong foundation to be successful. Building this type of foundation wasn't something I realized I needed to do when I first became a leader of people and managed large project teams. But to leverage a metaphor, if you don't have a strong foundation in building a house, you will eventually see a crack. The same thing happens with leaders who don't have this foundation in place too. They will be put in situations where they haven't considered their values and priorities to guide them through it, and they're going to struggle. This is when you have to ask yourself that hard question. Do I want to be liked or respected? A leader who has this type of strong foundation has a clear sense of purpose, values, and principles that guide their decisions and actions. This foundation enables them to stay focused, make tough decisions, and lead with integrity. Now, it also helps leaders navigate challenges and setbacks. When leaders face difficult situations, they can rely on their values and principles to guide them so that they can make the right decisions. They're building a muscle of self-trust. This helps them stay focused and motivated even in the face of adversity. A strong foundation is essential for long-term success. Leaders who are grounded in their values and principles are more likely to stay committed to their goals and vision, even when faced with obstacles. This resilience and determination are critical for achieving long-term success and making a lasting impact. Now, there are other reasons that having this foundation in place is helpful to build trust with your team. Team members can see when you're not being genuine. They know when the leader's words and actions don't match and it begins to erode trust. When a leader is consistent in their actions and decisions, team members are more likely to trust them and follow their lead. To be an effective leader, trust is essential. 
It fosters open communication, collaboration, and a sense of belonging among team members. Now, here are a couple of examples of where a respected leader who wants to develop their team members needs to think about it because there are conversations that you need to have and you need to plan it so that you can have the best outcome. But I want you to listen to it from a a lens of being a respected leader and having this type of a conversation with someone. So something for you to think about before you have this first conversation. You're going to need to leverage your strong foundation of experience, values, and confidence when you manage high potential leaders. So a high potential leader is someone who is coming in with a lot of career ambition. They are going to challenge your thinking, decisions, and leadership on a regular basis. So you need to be intentional with what you want to share with them. How can you help them find ways to stand out, influence decisions, be strategic, develop their teams if they're leading a team, and progress in their careers? This is part of what you need to do as a leader. Your responsibility is to help them build their career, get exposure, and do things that they need to do to be visible. It's no different than what you're doing for yourself in your own career as you work with your management. In the second example, you might be thinking about potential successors for you in your role and how to help your direct reports start to get prepared for that and connect with influencers in the organization. You want to empower them with clear ownership for key areas so they have visibility for what they deliver and how they develop their own teams. Encourage their ideas, decisions, and provide them opportunities to demonstrate their leadership presence in front of senior management. They need to know that you're both there to help them learn from mistakes that may occur and be there to support their success. The bottom line with some of these conversations that you need to have is that leaders need to lead their teams and you need to do the same for them. You need to help ensure that work gets done, but your goal is to help develop team members so that you're not the only one doing things, right? You need to be adding value, managing up, having different conversations. And so think about ways that you're going to build respect with your team members by helping them grow and get exposure. Your role is to set the vision, provide the structure, and empower your team. People want the structure of due dates and processes, even if they think that they don't, because it creates the norms. It creates the the way that things get done, the ways of working that everyone is used to. It allows everyone to understand these ways of working and how things are going to get accomplished. It sets the tone that these are the rules that people will follow. It helps everybody work within them. When these structures are in place, everyone will understand that they're accountable to deliver their work and it is expected. This is what creates respect from other people. So in today's visibility action, I want you to think about how are you going to start to make a shift into being more respected than liked? It starts with how you see yourself. As I mentioned earlier, it starts with how you see yourself, how you see your brand. What do you think your brand is today and what do you want it to be? Now, remember, I didn't do this when I first became a leader. It took me some years to figure this out, but it is such an important step now that I talk to everybody that I coach about it to make sure that they know who they're going to be, how they want to show up. If they're not where they want to be yet, then we need to help them get there. So create a foundational view of yourself as a leader simply by identifying who you want to be. Think of the feedback you want people to say about you and don't overcomplicate it. If you want to be a respected leader, then tell yourself that is who you are right now. When you think about being that person, what actions does it involve to show up that way? 
What does it mean you will have to do things in a different way? Do you have to talk to people differently? Do you have to change the way that you do work? Do you change the way that you build relationships? What does it mean you will do differently? And then what does it mean you will have to stop doing to be respected? So some of the things that you might be doing today will send a message that you want to be liked, right? So think about where you may have to shift actions that you're doing today and be different so that they don't see that you only want to be liked. They see that you actually deserve to be respected. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.